Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income. And man, it's been a crazy year, but it's a year filled with opportunities. And uh, it seems to not be that crazy when you turn the TV off. Um, and so I you know, I kind of wanted to go over a few things based upon responses and uh, conversations that we're having. It's extremely important. Um, and it is dealt with more of a framework. And this is the framework uh, of not just building self-storage company or a real estate company, but it, companies as a whole. But it, it's how people that are looking to get started, they're trying to understand how to expand. Maybe they got their first couple of facilities and they're just like, we really need to create a business out of this um, and how to really make that move. And, you know, it, we also, I talked about in, it was the Cashflow to Freedom podcast. I talked about the separation of wealth and income and how those two things work together. Um, uh, and th this has a little to do with that too. If you haven't heard that one, you can go over and listen to that one. Really but good episode. Really. Yeah. That was, it, it's something that I've been studying a, a lot about and reflecting based upon our own performance and portfolio and different businesses as we've started them up and expanded in that in that correlation it's it's super interesting and it tends to be the same with everyone um but before we get into the framework here that I want I want to roll out to you we do have to mention our sponsor Janus who um we are so excited about the Janus um, as you guys know we talk about two parts with Janus okay so Janus International Really, a lot of our involvement with Janus International, they do a lot of things, and, and they're really pivotal in the industry. But one of the main things uh, that they do that we all know is their metal fabrication, the doors, right? The Janus doors. Um, but what they've done is they've expanded the growth. They've really become kind of almost like a, a, a resource to the industry, not just a um, distribution service of a product. And they've rounded that out through their technology, right? Through their no-key system, which is their keyless entry system. And we've mentioned this before, and it's really important because when we started using Janus, it was really only on new builds and developments because of how you had to wire in the doors. But what they've done is they put a lot of focus and and um, they really understood a problem. And I think it, it goes to show how involved in the industry is. And there's all this old inventory coming that's on the market, right? But as acquisitions come and as we start to build all these things out, um, a lot of people like us, right, we're turning facilities around. And part of that process is updating them, not just with paint and different things like that, but we're trying to bring in 
um, advantages into the market and bringing them more high-end and able to compete. And so what they've done is they've allowed the keyless entry system to go on battery, which lasts like three years. So you can install them without having to, you know, wire and tear everything up, which this is a huge advantage, right? Huge advantage. And so it's, this is a way that you can install these on already prefabricated uh, uh, products that are already up and even rented out. So if you guys have any questions on that, please get a hold of them. Once again, the link is in the show notes and it's also on our site, selfstorageincome.com. Uh, you can go straight to the site and the links there, we ha- have all the show notes. And we also have a uh, new sponsor as well. That's right. Yeah, we just had uh, we just had Terry, Terry Campbell yes. on the uh, podcast here. Was that the last one? Yeah, that was just the last one that was released. You guys need to definitely go check that out. And um, cameras are having issues. But uh, yeah, go check out Terry's episode. Tons of good information as far as financing goes. A lot of creative options. There was one option that he had talked about in there that uh, I wasn't really aware of. Um, it's a really cool way that they're structuring things and helping people out and uh, getting deals done for people. So yeah. uh, definitely go check that episode out. But uh, do you want to share a little bit about yeah. Live Oak? You know, Live Oak, they're... They've been around, and I'm sure a lot of you in the industry, this is a, they are such an amazing resource for people that are looking to um, finance and they're really not sure where to go. And a lot of people even that, you know, I was surprised because we had an in-depth conversation in that episode on SBA loans, right? Mm-hmm. And the SBA loan and, and that process, um, for me, that always seemed either complicated or burdensome. And he really broke it down, how they were experts in that market and how a lot of the issues I think that I had originally with SBA loans, they've taken care of and solved. Um, so for people looking to get financing in our industry, um, even starting out, they're an amazing resource, but how they underwrite and how they're a partner in your business, um, which comes a lot to our episode today on talking about framework, but I, that's what I like most about Live Oak Bank. Right, they mm-hmm. are. They're there to help you solve problems and to they come truly, up with solutions. Right, and they truly understand the industry. Yes, yeah, yes, which is huge. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he goes through his his uh, uh, history, you know, and it, he didn't come from banking. He actually worked on the self storage side, and so that's just um, super advantageous for individuals. And one one of the major things that um, I love about uh, Live Oak Bank is, you know, I not all of us live in New York, right? And so, um, <laughs> exactly, I know all you New Yorkers are like, wait, what? But it's true. Um, and they go into markets that lots of times other banks they they're not going to underwrite because they lack the understanding and. They're okay with that. They're looking at the asset and the people involved. So um, they're all over the United States, and uh, we 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 love that about them. So that this actually pulls us when we're talking about Janice and we're talking about Live at Oak Bank. This goes right into the podcast because when we're talking about building a framework of success, when I'm talking about building a framework that can grow and expand, and a lot of people feel like they get stuck. Or they're like, I can't find deals. Or they're like, I I just, they don't even know where to go, right? And even people that have deals, but they're not sure how to take it to the next step. Um, There's a, it's not even so much about knowing exactly what to do, but it's knowing how to build the framework that allows you to do what you're trying to accomplish. And that's what I want to go into. Um, The first step of my framework, and this is a framework that, 
we've used in service-based business and product-based business and real estate and you know everything everything that we do and it's a really it's a five part uh, um, framework and the first section and the first part of the framework is to build the team so when you're starting anything out you don't know what you don't know and you don't even know what you don't know that's a lot of it's not tough, knowing. Dude. It's tough, yeah. (laughs) And so it's so important. And you got to remember that business, investing, the economy is made up of people, right? So you need to build a team around you that can help you. And they can help you accomplish the goals of that business, whatever that is. And I'm not saying that you need to go hire employees, right? But adding in people like Janice, Live Oak Bank, right? Adding in maybe developers, adding in people that are operators, adding in people that um, are really good at doing models and getting mentors. And this stuff is crucial to anyone's success. They will help build you and they'll help um, shape you into what you need to become. And that's the key. You're not it then you need to become it and they you need help to get along that way. So the first thing is to build a team and the team will help you construct right your overall um business framework that everything operates off and that starts with building systems. Now, after you've built a team, you need to recognize you need to identify systems that need to be created to uh accomplish tasks. I think uh, tasks. I think of systems more as funnels. Right. So I say, okay, listen, I need deals, right? And maybe I need money. So what systems am I going to put into place that will allow me to accomplish these things? And do I have a system to contact brokers, right? Do how, how what systems are you putting in place to fill up that top funnel? And then once you build out systems, it's then the next step is processes. Now, these two things are different. I view processes as things that can happen more automatically, right? So I look at processes to automate, to streamline what you're trying to accomplish. That can be email campaigns. That can be marketing. That can be a lot of different things. But the processes are going towards accomplishing a goal. So the systems are feeding the processes to accomplish that goal. So first, you need to build your systems out. And that's lots of times, that's just you, right? We have Mm -hmm. systems. I I have daily systems that I write down. Okay, what am I doing throughout this day? And what is my system to schedule out? You know, and how, how, how am I building this out? And then we have processes, right? We all sit down. So when me and my team get together, right? Connor, as you know, we look and we say, okay, what are the systems and what are the processes that we're going through? So processes protect us. Processes allow us to see what's happening. This is lots of checklists. This is um, task-oriented, right? And these things grow as you grow because as you're building out the systems of your businesses, who's doing what? How are they doing this, right? Then the processes evolve and change, which we're going to have another meeting this afternoon as we're going to update and we're moving forward with these things. And that rolls straight into the fourth one, the fourth part. So first, you got to build your team. Second, you got to build systems. The third, you build the processes off the to uh, from the systems to accomplish the goals and to automate and to um, streamline, right? But then your fourth one, you need to track and measure. 
right? We do this weekly. What are we doing in our systems and our processes? How are they working? And what is our benchmark from these things? Okay. So if I got deal flow, we're building out systems and processes to accomplish more deals, to bring those deals in. Now, I have processes that we have to go through to accomplish these things, right? Building's a perfect example. Um, We are building out our development side, which we're doing a lot of right now, Um, conversions and development. So we're in the middle of building out our development processes to do it at scale because these things change. Doing one is very different than doing five all over the country at one time. Well, and there's so many different requirements and, and so I mean, it's so many. dynamic. So yeah. dynamic. So our processes, we have to add things in, right? We have to build these things out. Um, and we have to track these things and we have to change them, right? This comes back into the, the feedback loop that I talk a lot about. You got to close that feedback loop and move on. And processes and systems allow you to do that quickly. But if you're not tracking and measuring it often, you don't know what to change to get the the intended result that you want. Um, and then the last part is really closing back that feedback loop, and that's adjust, right? That's maneuver. So your goals don't change, but the means in which you get to those goals need to. You build your team. You have your team all together. Your team builds systems and processes. You get together, right? You measure. You track all those activities and you track and measure the results those activities are deriving and you need to benchmark those things. Then you analyze those as a team and your team needs to give feedback and you need to find out what, who is not working and end it as quickly as possible and what is working and put effort behind those things. Um, Doing deals, right? Um, finding good and this is a numbers game. The faster you can do this, the more success you're going to have in a condensed amount of time, mm-hmm. right? And building out a framework in which you have a process to accomplish these goals is so important, especially in times of the market where money's cheap and deals are hard to find, right? It's this isn't like it was six years ago. Um, you need to build this out. You need to have a plan. When people are looking at people to invest with, when they're looking at businesses to back, right? The framework of the business, the framework to accomplish those goals are more important than almost anything, right? Because I can only do so much. And if I'm out for whatever reason, we need to make sure the framework can survive, that we have things that are accomplishing, that the businesses will still run. Now, I use this exact same thing, and this is how we built out the management. This is how we built out what happens at our facilities, right? So we build out our team at the local facility. We have our manager. We have our part-time. We have our maintenance person. We have our vendors, right? Then we build out systems, okay? Here's how all these people do their jobs. Here's what needs to happen, right? Then we have processes. You need to identify these things through our app where we're checkmarking. You need to look and you need to document the things that are going on in the facility, right? And then we can track and measure and we can benchmark those things off of our other facilities, right? Like, what's this person doing that's working? 
What's this person doing that's not working? What do we need to adjust that? Which we adjust all the time. Yeah, it's constant. Constant, constant. And if you're not adjusting all the time, you're falling behind a lot. Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to adapt and to move forward as markets change. So developing, once again, this um, framework of operations is so fundamental. When anybody is, when we're either working with people, when I'm looking at the inner circle, I'm like, listen, we need to provide you knowledge, tools. You need to build out these things, right, Um, to work within your framework. But unless, it it just can't be random. It Mm -hmm. just can't be, I'm going to call brokers. Oh, nobody has anything on the market. But yet, deals are getting done. Right. And, well, I hope I get people to move into my facility and maybe we'll charge more next year, right? It's well, That's just guessing. That's hoping and dreaming. You need to operate that facility at peak performance. Um, you need to make sure you even know what that is. Uh, and without tracking and measuring, you, you just can't understand that and you can't know it. I can't stress this enough. For sure, for sure. I had a quick question for you. It's kind of a hard question to answer. Um, but when we're talking about, <clears throat> I just want to see what you have to say, but when we're talking about figuring out what works and what doesn't. And before we adjust and maneuver that last step, how do you, at what point do you decide, okay, this is failing, this isn't working? Because a lot of stuff does take time. You have this period of time where it, you know, maybe it's not working for a while, but then, you know, it's going to compound and then it starts to work. At what point do you say, okay, it's failing or it's not? Because obviously you do want to make those choices fast and as yes. quickly as you can to really double down on what is actually working. So I just wanted to see what your answer yeah. to that would be. So that's a great question. And how I do that is you do two types of tracking. You do a goal achievement and you do progress. So incrementally, if I'm not seeing progress towards that goal that we're trying to accomplish, those are red flags. So if I start up a business, like let's let's look at our deal flow or our wholesale company. When we are building this out, right? You haven't got any deals. You haven't got any clients. You haven't got any facilities. And you're like, oh, this isn't working. Well, instead of just saying this isn't working because you haven't gotten the result, what I say is let's look at our funnel. How many people are we putting in the funnel and how many people are we getting to an almost close, right? And is the funnel growing? right? So the people that we're having discussions with to put under contract, is that growing? So right now for us, our month to month growth on that end is doubling. That's a good sign because I know that if we do these things and we have these conversations with this many people and we get this many people interested, one of those things will close. Now we may have a problem on executing that close, right? So now we know, okay, we have all these people that may be interested, but we're not closing them. We're not getting that deal across the line. What do we have to adjust at that part of the funnel, right? So it's not that the funnel's not working because we haven't got a result, but maybe there's things within it. But overall progress incrementally is increasing. So if I see a stagnation, right, we're not getting anybody that's interested. We're not getting any finalist facilities to buy, right? I'm not closing new tenants. We're not selling the insurance. And Mm -hmm. over month to month to month, that's not changing. Those numbers are stagnant and static. Something is fundamentally not working in the entire process. We're not seeing movement. 
That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking at those incremental changes and then we're diving down into those incremental changes and what's happening or not happening and why. And sometimes it just doesn't. Like it just doesn't happen at all. And you go, this just this whole entire thing, we we got to trash this and go back to the board. Mm-hmm. Um, which we do. Yeah, totally. Um, but if I'm seeing progress, I'm going, how how good is this progress? Is this progress gonna take 10 years? Because that's not worth it. That's not good, right? But is this gonna take maybe a couple more months and maybe we can adjust things to make it happen? So then we adjust things, see if we can speed it up, try to improve pro- uh, little little pieces of the process that we've put into place. And then we measure those changes. Oh, hey, look, I've got five new facilities to contact. Hey, look, we've sold 10 new insurance policies this month, right? Well, look at that. We've raised 10 different um, rates in the facility and we had no move outs. Um, And some of these things are, they take a long tell. We analyze from the past to now still to make Mm -hmm. decisions and change. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But at the same time, right, if it's not working, it's not working. And you need to look at that as far as progress. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic answer because I think that's a really hard thing for a lot of people to identify, you know, what's working and what's not working and when to quit and when not to quit. Because there's so much of that stuff out there where it's like, oh, I'm not going to quit. You know, kind of that whole ego is the enemy situation where, you know, you you just have that that ego. And no, you should quit. Like, it, it, like <laughs> exactly. you, you need to learn when yeah. you need to quit. Dude, That's really important. Yeah, quit when things aren't working. 100%. Yes. Don't, and, uh, don't keep beating your head against a wall and thinking the wall is going to break down. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It kind of makes me think of, I just got done listening to uh, uh, Jocko's, his leadership strategies book. Um, I've gone through all of his books. He's got a lot of good good content, but um, he kind of talks about that whole situation and from a leadership standpoint as well, you know. Um, knowing when to quit, you know, it's not a bad thing, especially coming from his background in, in, um, you know, special operations and in the military and stuff, you've got these type A people that they're like, Oh, I'm never going to quit anything. And it's like, well, you absolutely should quit. Like if something's not working, quit, do something else, find a different route, find a different way, you know, don't quit the overall goal or the vision, but find a different path, use a different funnel, whatever that means to you. Exactly. And that's the key is you don't quit the vision. You don't quit the goal. Exactly right? You quit maybe a path you took and mm-hmm. you go back and take another one. Exactly. So it's, and that's how I guess I look at quit. When I say I never quit, I never quit on the goal, mm-hmm. but I quit on the the methodology. I quit <laughs> on how we get to yeah. that goal all the time. Yeah. Like all the time. Like that doesn't work. Scrap it. Let's try something new. If I'm measuring something and we're not getting incremental results from it over an extended period of time, and I'm looking at the driver's Mm-hmm. of what is driving those increments. I'm not seeing any changes. Yeah, stop, end, done. This doesn't work, move on. Um, and within your framework, that's a really important part. You need to be analyzing, right? When you track and measure, not just the processes, but the drivers, right? What is driving the results or not driving those results? And are we seeing movement? These things take time, right? And that's why, you know, we... We talk about, and we have for Cedar Creek Wealth, our, our private equity side, we have, you know, and, and and they're kind of my three fundamental tenets of everything. We literally have them on my wall in the office. You can see it on our my Instagram if you go on there, but it's impact, freedom, and progress, right? Progress is the goal. It is not the 
tangible. It's not that thing. It's not that even that one facility. It's not even maximizing that. It's that we are incrementally getting better all the time. It's progress is the goal. And if I'm looking at processes and systems that are not progressing, we need to change or scrap. So, um, no, I think that's it too. Um, you know, along with, with this and building out this framework, um, you have to realize that when, even when I wrote, when we wrote the book, Growing Wealth and Self-Storage, The Investor's Guide, right? It was more about focusing on tangible things that you can utilize to build a framework that will accomplish the goals and understanding how to make that work, like underwriting, right? So there's there's fundamental principles that you need to understand to build off of. Understanding value. And, and when I talk about value, we, we've had a podcast of this. I'm not talking about necessarily even strictly the value of a facility. I'm talking about value on overall, right? How does something derive value in that asset class? What is it? What are the value drivers? And what are the drivers that deteriorate that value. If I understand that, I can build a team, systems, processes around pushing the things that drive that value. And then I can track it and see if I know what I know where that value comes from. Are the things that we put into place, are they are they pushing that value? Are they creating that value, right? And I can track and measure that. And I go back down to my foundation, my basic, which is my understanding of where value comes from right? Or my understanding of the industry, my understanding of economic and business principles, and then I can adjust accordingly. Um, So that's really important. The foundation that you have is the understanding of the wealth vehicle, the asset that you are trying to accomplish. So this framework is being built But as you build your framework, your understanding may change. Mine did. You have to remember when I got started, I was in, you know, nowhere towns that no one's ever heard of or even seen because you don't know even if you drive through them and buying small facilities. And I, I, and I learned that that's not bad. There's nothing wrong with that. First of all, like that's the, that's how I had to start. That's how most people have to start. That's great. Awesome. It got me to where I was, but there came a time where I understood more my frame or my base, right? Fundamentally changed my foundation and my understanding of the industry and what I needed to do and where I needed to go change. So we reformatted the framework. I sold those facilities off and we started anew based upon what I was trying to accomplish. So I didn't quit on the goal, but I definitely quit on the way we were going. And it was through that change because my foundation, my understanding, my knowledge had changed took us to a whole new level. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Progress, dude. It's all about right the progress. There. So anyways, we could beat this to death all day because I would. Uh, one of the other things, though, that I do want to mention is we guys, we are like right at the cusps of 200,000. We are still doing our our giveaway downloads for the podcast. So if for we're doing giveaway, I want you guys to know about it. If it's you, huge. It's huge, huge. <laughs> and uh, if you guys go on to Instagram and you share um, and make a post about your favorite podcast and you tag me, AJ Osborne, and Self Storage Income on there, um, you're entered to win $2,000 
when we hit our 200,000 downloads. So um, make sure you guys get in there. Make sure you guys do it. We're trying to make our community fun. We're trying to give back. We're so grateful. We're so excited about the $200,000 or 200,000 download mark. Um, and yeah, guys, we're, we're grateful for everything. This has been awesome. We love uh, bringing people on, sharing stuff. We have our next interview. We actually were supposed to have it this morning. It didn't work out, so we're rescheduling that. So hopefully that will hit next week yeah, um, late next week maybe yeah i think we'll so see. yeah we'll see. hopefully we can get it out then and that should be a great one to too with somebody that's talking about syndication things like that yeah. which is a great topic for everybody to learn about and one that we will be diving more into this year but that's all i got man you got anything else that's it dude you hit it all wonderful thanks everybody I hope that helps. And as always, guys, uh, you can help us out by leaving a great review and giving us a five star. It means the world. Oh, that's part of the giveaway. You got to do a review and leave a five star. I totally forgot about that. I thought you covered that. I totally missed it. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. But yes, leave a review. (laughs) (laughs) Leave a review. Let us know. Thanks a bunch, guys. Thanks, everybody.